Welcome to the Ready to Thrive podcast. My name is Jacqueline, and I don't know if you've ever felt like you are just surviving your life. I know I have, and that's why I created this space. I want to help you move from surviving to thriving. My goal is to help you get unstuck and actually enjoy your life. Each week, I'll be sharing practical tips and always point you to Jesus. So what are you waiting for? Let's get ready to thrive. Hello and welcome to Ready to Thrive. Now, before we dive into the conversation with Becky Keefe, I want to share with you a free conference that my husband Brendan and I are part of. It is a 10-day faith-based family summit called Established and Thriving. And over the course of 10 days, you will hear from a number of speakers and a variety of topics. Brendan and I are going to be talking about our journey with finances, and even how that has been connected to our relationship with God and even things we're doing with our kids. So I wanted to invite you to this free summit. Um, You can sign up in the link that I'll share in the show notes, or you can head over to natandgav.com slash summit. That's N-A-T-A-N-D-G-A-V dot com slash summit. So hopefully if you are listening to this podcast in real time, um, The summit kicks off February 7th. So anytime before that, sign up for this free summit. I think it's just going to encourage you, equip you in your motherhood, fatherhood, family life. Um, It's going to be, I think, really something, something significant in this season. If you want to be thriving as a family in 2022, go check out this family summit and enjoy the conversation that I had with Becky Keefe. Hello and welcome to Ready to Thrive. I am sitting here with Becky Keefe. I'm saying that right, Becky? Becky Keefe, that's right. Sometimes I get a little intimidated by pronouncing a name wrong. Recently had some uh, name pronouncing situations. Um, Becky is a new friend to me. She is a mom to three boys the community manager for Encourage. She's an author, a speaker, and her latest book is called The Simple Difference, How to Make Small Kindness, sorry, How Every Small Kindness Makes a Big Impact. I already told Becky this may be a rough one. I've got my um, eighth cup of coffee going here. So The Simple Difference, How Every Small Kindness Makes a Big Impact. Becky, thank you for joining me today. Oh, thanks for having me. And hey, I have my like fourth reheated cup of coffee too. So we're just gonna, we're just gonna have a conversation. And if you too are having a day, you are welcome here, friends. 100%. Well, Becky is a new friend to me. And for those of you who don't know what Encourage is, can you just kind of unpack that, explain that to the listener? Yeah. So Encourage, so it's Encourage with an I. Um, and you might recognize our, our logo. It's like in, in parentheses, and it stands for when we are in Christ, we have courage in him to live out our calling as God's beloved daughters. And, um, it started 12 years ago by two gals who worked for Dayspring, which you guys may know Dayspring is a Christian resource company. It's, um, part of the Hallmark family. And anyhow, Holly Girth and Stephanie Bryant were like, man, like women need a place to come and connect. And 
um, share their unfine, messy stories and know that other women are grappling with similar issues and, and wanting to cling to Jesus together. And so it started as a blog back in the day when yeah. blogs were a thing. And really it's grown into a beautiful community um, where, yes, we have content, um, you know, devotional seven days a week, but even more than that, it's blossomed into a resource place for women. We have Bible studies and we write devotionals and we have a podcast. And really, it's a place if you're like, I, I, I want more of Jesus in my life and I want to know him alongside sisters who, where you can see stories that are like your own and also learn from experiences and, and people with different backgrounds. Um, that's what encourage is all about. And so, yeah, I loved this community really since the beginning as a reader. And, um, then it's just been my joy to be on staff for the last five years. Okay. And so how did, I'd love to hear more about your story of joining staff and even how, your journey of writing, because I don't, I don't know that story. So tell me a little bit about both of those things. Yeah. Well, I have always loved words, um, reading stories, writing stories. I can actually vividly remember as a second grader having to do this class project of like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And we made these like 3d face things, which is very challenging for second grade art skills. Um, but I remember most of my friends were like teacher or doctor or astronaut. And I was the only one that was like, I want to be an author. I knew that's what I wanted to be. So I made my little Becky figure with a a pencil and a book in my hands. because I didn't know how else to depict an author, but, um, yeah, so I just have always had a love for words and communicating. I majored in creative writing, um, in college which I loved. And yet then you graduate and I'm like, and who wants to hire me to do something with this? So, um, long story short, I, I, I thought I would write children's books or short stories. And after college, um, I fell into a job doing medical billing, which was not really the joy of my heart. Um, but God definitely used that in my life in, in many a ways. I actually just recently wrote a post for Encourage called um, something about like God, God wastes nothing. And he's actually used those skills in my life in many surprising ways. But that's another long story. But um, anyhow, and then I had three kiddos back to back to back. And somewhere along the way, I was like, who am I? And God who are you and how do we like do this life together? And, um, and I kind of rediscovered writing, um, in those early motherhood years. So now my boys are nine, 11 and almost 13. (laughs) What? How, yeah. How how do I almost have a teenager? I don't know. Um, but what's actually amazing was around this time, I had just started a blog, you know, beckykeefe.blogspot.com, like we all did. Um, and a friend gave me a gift card for my birthday to this online jewelry shop called, um, Lisa Leonard, which I had never heard of before. Um, and this was like, I mean, over 10 years ago, I wasn't even really shopping online then, but I looked this thing up and she had this beautiful, um, hand-stamped jewelry. And I'm like, Oh, I'll pick out a necklace. And then I saw that she had a blog and she wrote about her life with her two sons, one of whom has, um, severe special needs. And I could tell she never, 
she didn't always talk directly about her faith, but I could tell this, this woman knows the Lord. And I just kind of fell in love with following along in their story and became a regular blog reader. And one day um, it was, you know, she was sharing a story and then she said, read the rest over on encourage. I'd never heard of encourage at the time. And I clicked over and it turns out that Lisa Leonard was an encourage contributor at the time. And that is how I discovered the encourage community. And I read the rest of Lisa's story. And then I read the next article and the next one and the next one. And it was like coming home to a piece of myself because what I realized was, and I never articulated it before in this way to anyone or even to myself was there are other women out there like me. I had been feeling so alone. To be honest, I was, I was in a stagnant place in my faith at the time. I had grown up in the church, grew a lot in college, and then kind of fell into a nondescript job and motherhood, which I loved. But I just, everywhere around me, I just saw this kind of, honestly, like lukewarm, mediocre brand of Christianity. And it was kind of like, was that, was, was all that fire just like a college high? And then finding encourage, what it showed me was there are other women who think deeply and feel deeply and want to grapple with things like career and calling and motherhood and hard relationships. And anyhow, all that to say, I started reading encourage all the time. And what it showed me is it, it reignited that writing desire in me. Cause I was like, Oh, fiction isn't the only thing I could write. Like I could write about motherhood. I could write about my daily experiences. I could write about how I am seeing God in the midst of, you know, spilled milk and tantrums and wishing for just one real friend. And so really like encourage was a catalyst for me starting my writing journey. Um, which then just kind of went on very, very small, very subtly for, for many, many years. Um, but over that time, just built relationships, went to conferences. You know, I were just talking a little bit ago about, you know, some connections you made at conferences and the same thing happened to me. Um, and then, um, yeah, about five, six years ago, uh, a friend who was on the Encourage team called me up out of the blue and was like, Hey, we are looking for a new editor. Would you be interested, um, in editing for encourage? And I had a background in editing. Um, at the time I was getting my master's degree in English and it was really just one of those, like God opening a door that now, I never expected. Were you, did you still have your mundane job that you didn't like at the time? Like, were you still doing that other job? So when I got invited to work for Encourage, I, I was, I was still, I was going to graduate school. I was doing medical billing from my dining room table in the wee hours of the morning and night, entering charges and payments and tap, tap, tapping away. And, um, and when I first started working for Encourage, I was working part-time as an editor and, and just added it to my plate. And then, um, I got to the point where I told my husband, I was like, the income I was making for Encourage couldn't replace what I was doing with my other job, but I was like, I can't, I can't hold it all. Like it's just too much. And I was like, I really believe like that this, like God is asking me to lean in and trust him. And so I, I finally, after, I don't know, seven years of doing it, I put in my notice to quit doing medical billing for the, the company I worked for. And within two weeks, 
encouraged to ask, hey, would you go from editing our guest posts to editing our entire editorial calendar? Um, and it was, it became more than what I had been doing before. Um, only God, right? Wow. Only him. Well, I just want to pause there for a second because <clears throat> as you were sharing your story, and one of the reasons I love um, what I have people on the show is asking them, hey, like, tell me your story. Mm-hmm. And there's always these parts along the way where someone's telling their story, but I can see that was a really hard place. Like there was the mm-hmm. invitation to move from, I don't love this job that is paying the bills because we all right. have to pay the bills. Um, and that you have been doing for so long, raising your kids, writing, growing this like nudge of a dream, this spark that God is bringing back to life inside of your heart. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, amazing opportunity comes along, but also realizing we all have capacity and that kind of nudge to say, okay, this is time to step back. And so I just feel like I, as you're sharing, I'm like, oh, I can, I can, pretend like I'm sitting on the window as you're talking with your husband. Like, this is a hard conversation to say, I am stepping away from what I've known, what Mm -hmm. we've trusted. I'm going into this thing that actually is in some ways a step back financially. And I didn't know that was going to be part of your story as well, that two weeks later, and that to be honest, sometimes that isn't. Like sometimes there is just the like, there will be provision. There will be something else that comes later on. But what I want to say is Becky stepped out in faith and actually created space Mm -hmm. for God to move. And that has been something I have been thinking about in this season Mm -hmm. is that um, something will always take this space. Yes. And one of the things that I have been trying to do is I've pursued these things that God's put on my heart is I have just been wrestling recently with the am I leaving God's space to move? Mm. Like, am I just trying to like make it all happen, fill it in and do all those things. And really sometimes in that place that you were for those two weeks, you didn't know you're like, okay, I've, I've stepped into this. Um, But that's one of the things I've been wrestling with recently is just the, what does it look like to like really trust God and and step back in those places um, where we want to fill the gap. Yeah, absolutely. And there was that season of knowing that the Lord had opened this door to begin working with Encourage. And yet knowing I didn't even have the capacity to say yes to that, you know, to the first very, you know, part-time work and yet trusting God. I think, I think we have like trust him with what feels too much and with what feels not enough. Yeah, So true. And, you know, I can think of, as you're talking, you know, I thought of other times in my life, you know, in a similar era of my life. Um, I was really involved with, uh, with a mom's ministry at my church that I helped begin. And I pictured myself, you know, leading out for at least several years. And after the first like full year, we were going, I, I felt like the Lord called me out, not in like a go do this other thing, but here's what I, here's what I, in my spirit, I didn't hear his audible voice but in my spirit. This is what I, I clearly sense the Holy spirit saying to me, Becky, I want you to make space and lean into writing and speaking. Okay. Um, and what does that exactly look like God? (laughs) And there wasn't a clear answer. And it's so hard to leave something that like you were saying is clear and known. 
in order to make space for something that is unknown. And I'm so grateful that, um, just by God's grace, like I, 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 I didn't cling to what I thought was going to be, you know, these next years of ministry in my life. And instead I, I did, I said, I stepped away and it was hard and, and painful. And I felt like I was putting other people in a pinch, but of course God came through in other ways and he never works in isolation. He was already doing other things, but you know, it took then from that point years before I could say, oh, and now I've published a book. Oh, and now I've published two books. Oh, and now I wrote two Bible studies. Oh, and I have opportunities to speak. Like it wasn't, it wasn't two weeks. <laughs> like yeah. it was with the job, right? It was, it was years of just saying, okay, God, what's the one next thing you want me to do? And lots of ups and downs in between. So, you know, just to say, if you were in that place, Jacqueline and our friends listening of being like, oh, how do I make space? How do I let go of something that's certain to walk in faith for something that's uncertain? Yeah, it's hard, but it is, it is worth it because God won't leave you um, if he's called you. Well, and I love that you share that story about the moms group, because I think sometimes we can feel like, well, God, you called me to start this thing. Mm-hmm. And I put all this time and effort in. I also had vision for it. And now you're asking me to step away. Like that actually feels confusing. It feels like, like I hate to appear flaky mm-hmm. or letting people down. And so, but sometimes we just know like God's like, I've called you to step away. And there was a season where I had been writing for two online publications and also part of another online writing group. And God was like, I'm asking you to step away from mm. pursuing being published, pursuing, and I was like, "What? Like, God, you opened these doors. Like, you, these things have been incredible." And it was just this moment where I, I it was kind of like ripping a bandaid, and I was like, "Like, I did the whole thing. I'm, I'm resigning from these places." And I was like, "Okay, I've created the space," and there was nothing that really came up right away. Mm-hmm. Like, there was a few, like, "Oh, maybe it's this. Maybe it's this." Um, and I just remember thinking. God, why did you ask me to do that? Like Mm -hmm. why? And even one of the online publications shortly after that had made plans and they published a book. Mm -hmm. And I knew I would have been, I was one of their um, in-house writers. I would have been in that book. And I saw that post and it honestly was like this dagger where I was like, but God, you know, this is what I wanted. And he's like, if you hadn't stepped back right then, you would have heard the conversation that they were going to start doing this and it would have been very hard for you to step away. And even though it's it's too much to share all of the details on here, but I could see the little ways in which um, he was saying, I know it's not a big deal for you to write a devotional a month or an article. Like those things mm-hmm. aren't actually a big deal, but it's all part of that capacity. It's all part of yeah. I'm shifting you and preparing you for something else. And so... Just knowing like those those things that God is calling us to, we don't always understand why right away. We don't always see the fruit right away. I love Becky's story of the like two weeks later. Uh, but one of the things she's actually written about in her book is kind of this very similar where it's kind of following sometimes some of those God nudges. Like what does it look like to go across the street to meet a neighbor that you have not really interacted with, 
for seven years. And I'm telling Becky this for the first time because she doesn't know my story of walking across the street to meet my elderly neighbor who doesn't have kids, whose husband died last summer. Um, and we had struck up a relationship before this, but I've shared this story on here before. Um, one of the things that God had called me to was it felt awkward to be like, we've lived here for so long. I've never gone across the street. And he's like, go, go, go. Mm -hmm. And I went across the street. We've become friends. Yesterday she stopped by. She made me some pickled beets and <laughs> gave the kids some wagon wheels. Um, but one of the really cool things is that there was one day the kids weren't home and God was like, her at this point, her husband had been in a care home. He's not there. She's super lonely. Go talk to her. And I was like, but God, I have this kid free time. Like, can I just mm -hmm. wait until? And so I go across my coffee and that was the day we sat down and discovered that we are related. What? Which was crazy. So her, she actually shares cousins with my mom. They grew up in a town that has no stoplights. It was a one room schoolhouse, like totally miles and miles from here. Like just a bizarre thing. And, um, I've shared this story a few times on here, so I won't get into all the details, but, um, when her husband passed, I sat in her living room with her and a few days later and she was crying and she was like, this is my anniversary. Mm -hmm. And I said, I said to her, you have family across the street. Mm -hmm. Like this isn't just, I mean, and so what you're talking about, I want to get into Becky's book of the simple difference is that we have no idea what's on the other side of our kindness, mm -hmm. of our um, courage, um, walking across the street. So Becky, you have a story that is similar. Tell me your story of awkwardly walking across the street. Yeah. So I have a whole chapter called Embrace the Awkward, because let's just be honest, like you know, I think we can cast kindness in this light of like, it's just being nice or just being polite. Or, you know, we often hear about do a random act of kindness, which is great. Right. But I think it's important to distinguish, like, I think random acts of kindness often come from when we feel like being kind, you know, when, when you have an extra five bucks in your pocket to pay for that Starbucks behind you, or when you're having a good day and you're like, I'm going to smile at that grouchy stranger, or I'm going to, you know, go out of my way and, you know, drop off, um, you know, brownies for a friend or whatever, like, great, do those things. But intentional kindness. And what I really talk about in the simple difference is the, the, the life and the posture that I believe God is calling us to is not random. It's intentional. And we are going to be called to kindness when we do not feel like it and when it is awkward. And so very similar to you, Jacqueline, um, recently, um, I discovered that my across the street neighbor's husband passed away and she is, you know, in her eighties and never had children. And the Lord just kept on putting her on my heart. And we had, you know, we were the kind of neighbors, like you wave hello. And my kids, you know, went over one time and asked if she would buy a raffle ticket for their little league fundraiser. Um, and when COVID first hit, I went over and was like, do you guys need anything? And I left, you know, card with my name and number, but never heard from them. Like that was it. And so now the Lord is like, like she's, she's alone and maybe she needs a friend. 
but like you, I'm like, we have lived here for eight years and I don't know her name. Like that's, that's really awkward. And then all these, what if questions come up in our minds? Like, um, you know, well, like that's kind of presumptuous. Like what if, what if that feels invasive to her or what if, um, especially given, you know, I don't, I'm not sure what things are like there for you in Canada, but for here in Southern California, like people have widely different, uh, comfort levels when it comes to proximity and relationships related to, to COVID. I'm like, what if, what if that feels uncomfortable to her? Like, you know, all of these, what ifs, um, same with you. Like, and also like, what if, what if this takes too much time? Like, what if, what if I, you know, all those things. And I just felt the Lord, like, Becky, please care more about what I'm asking you to do with the opportunity to love someone rather than your own awkwardness and discomfort. So I marched my little self across the street and I'm like, hi, um, I'm Becky. I live over there, you know, with the three boys. And, um, I was, what, you know, your name's Crystal, right? You know, I was just wondering, would you, would you like to come over and have coffee, um, in my backyard sometime? And what I've learned about kindness is that it doesn't have to be big. I didn't need to invite her over for, you know, a three course meal. I didn't need to try to do something to fix her loneliness or to fix someone's circumstances. I could kindness can be really simple and manageable. Like I didn't even, I was like, just come through my, just come through my side gate. Like we made a time and I didn't buy anything fancy. I just, you know, heated up my own coffee on my coffee pot. And we sat on my back patio and guess what? She did need a friend, but not only that she's remarkable. Like it was a delight. Like sometimes we are called to relationships that, that feel one-sided or, you know, it's just about pouring into. And that is absolutely something that, that sometimes we, we get to do other times we think that we are the one extending kindness and really God is like, I have a gift for you. Totally. Like, I'm like, she, she's like remarkable. I'm like, there's, has been this gem living across the street from me who I have been missing out on. And, um, it's just been really sweet to see how if I had let that awkwardness or that uncomfortability, it, I would have been missing out on so much. And, um, and actually I just called her right before our podcast and I was like, oh, Hey, so I was like, Hey, cool. we're going to, my husband is a college volleyball coach. I'm like, Hey, we're going to the game tonight. Do you want to come? And so she's come with us to my boys' soccer games. And now we're going to my husband's volleyball game tonight. And, um, and it is, it is a gift. And those are the ripples of kindness. Like it just takes one thing. You don't, we're not right in charge of the outcome, but we are in charge of our obedience. Yeah. So good. Well, I've heard you say, um, this prayer as I go on my way, have your way with me. And I feel like one of the biggest hindrances aside from the sheer awkwardness, I love that you have that whole chapter because, um, it's not, it's really less about the, well, we've planned this Christmas together as a family. We're going to, right? Like, like, that's a good, that's a good part of kindness, but it's the inconvenient Mm -hmm. kindness, the interruptions along the way, um, where it does feel like this is a God invitation. And like you said, it's, it's not always necessarily, like it is for that person, but it's also for us and the ripple effect. Like we actually have no idea the impact of saying yes to this God nudge. And 
one of the best ways if people are like, how do I know if God is like inviting me to do this thing? Um, one of the best ways I have found is when I say no. Mm-hmm. Like when I ignore it, it is this little thing that feels like it kind of lingers with me mm-hmm. either throughout the day or later on I'll look back and go, oh, like I missed an opportunity. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it's been able to, it's been paying attention to the, do I want to have that feeling of missing the opportunity or do I want to just go and see mm-hmm. what happens? And we can have these incredible stories where we're like, this happened, this happened. Or we can just have these stories where it's like, okay, that didn't really, like you, I think, have a story of um, gardening where things didn't really go go the way oh. you had hoped. Um, tell me that story because I think we need a laugh in this as well. Are you referring to the sunflower story? Yes. Yes. So yeah, sometimes you're right. Like we will be like, oh, that was exactly the word of encouragement that someone need. Or that was, you know, um, I wrote a companion Bible study called courageous kindness. I don't know if you've seen this Jacqueline, but, uh, it dives even deeper. And I tell this story about how, you know, there were certain gifts that the Lord prompted me to, to give a friend or my sister and how it was exactly what was needed. And it's like this, like, oh, moment. Other times, other times, not so much. Um, and so one time when I was uh, in college, I was helping to lead a summer training program. And part of our, it was, you know, we were diving deep into Bible study and discipleship, but we were also on this, um, on this campus. And part of our, our service was to do service projects for, for the campus. And we all started out gung ho at the beginning of, of the week. And this was a, a two week stint. And by the, you know, by the middle of the second week, people have bad attitudes. We are just like exhausted and like, do we really have to go and, you know, clean out another, you know, shed or whatever. And, and we, my team was on, um, landscape gardening duty that day. And so I was like, okay, guys, like, come on, like we can have a, we can have a good attitude. I wasn't feeling very peppy, but I was like, make it till you make it. And so I like run up ahead and, and we had been pulling weeds and I see these two big, you know, ugly green weeds up at the planter head. And I, I run up ahead and I double fist and pull them out and lift them over the head. And there's like soil that like flings out from the roots. And I'm like, guys, look, we can do this. We can make a difference. And, and there was a maintenance worker who was, um, accompanying us and his face just dropped. And he says, um, those weren't weeds. Those, those were sunflowers that, that we just, that we just planted. And, you know, if there had been like face palm emojis back then, like that would have been it, but, um, it was, it was a memorable experience, but what it showed me is even if our acts of kindness or enthusiasm or service, like don't always go the way we planned. Like I will never regret trying. Mm -hmm. I will never regret saying that kind word or going out of my way to try to be the blessing in someone else's day. And we're not always going to get it right. Like sometimes we will say the wrong thing. We will put our foot in our mouth. We will extend to someone and they misinterpret our motives. It's okay. Like I would rather err on the side of kindness and encouragement and love than like you were saying at the end of the day, being like, I missed out on an opportunity. I love that story. And like you said, we never regret it. Whereas I have 
I have regrets of the mm-hmm. opportunities where um, God has just said to buy something for somebody or stop and do something. And it's like, ah, that it's probably not you. Like that's, it's like, it probably right. is actually, if, if there's a little bit of inconvenience or it's costing me something. Um, or if it's not I, a thought that you would normally think, like if you're not normally like in the middle of my rare alone time, I think I just want to go over, like that's, that, yeah, that's the clue the for me. If it's something where yeah. I'm like, where did that come from? Like, that's yeah. not that. And I'm a, I'm a list maker. I'm going to, I'm an achiever. I like to be productive. And so yeah. if something that's not you know, on the list, if something, yeah. you know, ruffles, ruffles yeah. that, um, I'm, I'm likely to be like, okay, Lord, what are, what are you up to here? So good. Well, my dad has this saying where he, he just always talks about these divine appointments mm-hmm. and he really goes looking for them. Like he is, um, has a big list, but he's very interruptible. And so he ha- was telling me this story that I may butcher a little bit, but he was telling me a story from about two months ago and he's driving along again, somewhere to go. We're always like, we're going somewhere. We've got a plan. We've got a timeline. And, um, he sees this guy standing with a sign, basically like a homeless guy saying, you know, hungry, looking for money or something like that. And so my dad's driving along and he's like, somebody should buy that guy some lunch. And the Holy Spirit's like, why don't you buy him some lunch? But I was like, oh. So he like does a little U-turn, ends up buying the guy some lunch at, um, it's called Tim Hortons. So it is, I'm trying to think of the American equivalent of um, a, san- a soup and sandwich kind of place. It's okay. a donut place. And so here's what I love about my dad. He buys the man some lunch, buys himself some lunch, sits down with him and says, tell me your story. Mm. And my dad told me this and I was like, that is the difference between you and me. Cause I would be like, here's a gift card that I ran in and got and here, you know, like, uh, mm. but he, he not only stopped to buy him what he needed, but really also the thing behind the thing mm. was he needs to be listened to. Yeah. And so he hears the story about this man and discovers like he used to have a thriving business and a marriage. His wife um, had become really ill and passed away a number of years ago. And he just kind of lost it. He ended up losing the business, losing um, things, kind of becoming addicted to some substances. Find out they have some mutual friends and that he had attended a church in another city. So he um, he finds out the guy owns a cell phone, but he needs some cash to get it reinstalled or something. So my dad goes out to get the cash, gives him the cash. And again, this is a, sometimes we get, get stuck on the, well, what are you really going to do with this? Are you going right. to get, it's like, strings, you know, strings attached to our kindness. Totally. So he just gives him the money, gets this guy's cell phone numbers, so they can stay in touch. And then he emails this church in this other city where he knows some people and he says, hey, I just met this guy named so-and-so wondering if you have anybody who was around back then who would know him. Like, I'm just trying to find out more of his story. Then he gets another email from a guy he knows who received the the email that kind of went out to the board or whoever. And this guy says, hey, I saw your name on this email inquiring about this man. Yeah, this is his story. This checks out. And also, you know, I'm connected to him in this way. And so um, two months later, my dad has um, found a number of mutual friends that they have. This he's helped. I mean, he really has just met with this guy, you know, kind of 
once in a while, they've had a lunch. This man has now, instead of sleeping under a park bench or whatever it is, he now is in a shelter Mm -hmm. where he kind of applied for this shelter and he has, he's looking for a job. Like there's just things where it's like, I'm not saying this has all happened because my dad stopped to give him lunch, but I'm also not saying it didn't happen because he stopped to give him lunch. And he has told me other little bits and pieces of this man's story. At one point, my dad was like, I'm driving through to this other town and this guy's son is there. I'm going to try to meet with him because they haven't connected in so long. And just the different Hmm. pieces of the story. And, um, it's one of those things where I've said to my dad a few times, I'm like, I think you should write a book because you have all of these incredible stories. But what it is, is he has just said, I'm going to make myself available to the interruption for the divine appointments mm. and not, he hasn't said to this guy, well, you're going to move in with us and we're going to save you. And Because sometimes we can feel like I don't have capacity for that. Right. But it really is just the capacity to say, I will be interrupted. I'm going to sit with somebody. I'm going to see them. And I think that's part of this invitation that God really has for us is it's, you know, like your neighbor, she has been lonely. So what does it look like for someone to see her and say Mm -hmm. like, I want to hear about your life. I want to hear about your story. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Jacqueline, I love that all so much. And yeah, it's that it's that simple difference prayer, Lord, as I go on my way, have your way with me. And I think it's super important. And you, you, you acknowledge this, like we are not meant to be anyone's savior. There is only one savior, Jesus Christ. And he has, he has paid it all. But what I love about kindness is that one, it's something that we get to receive first from God. Like the ultimate act of undeserved kindness Mm -hmm. is right. Christ's sacrifice for all of us. Cause we have all missed the mark. Like I'm the first to raise my hand and say it. Um, and then his kindness invites us to partner with him in being conduits of his love and grace for others. And so I love that your dad was available to say, Oh, I'm on my way. And and Lord, have your way. Let me, and, and I, this is something else I say in the simple difference. And I need to preach it to myself continually is that we are not always meant to be problem solvers, but we can be people seers. Yeah. that's so. And good. your dad showed up to not only solve the problem of a gentleman's immediate hunger, but to see him. And I think when we see someone then it opens us to greater compassion. Once Mm. I saw my neighbor and I'm like, you were an engineer back in a time when women didn't do that. And then you retired early and after a, you know, a loss of a child and, and, and became a painter and painted all over the world. And you have these remarkable stories. And like, I, it, I have a genuine love for someone who I could have just you know, dropped off a basket of muffins and that would have been meaningful, but like people want to be seen. And I love that God invites us to be part of that with, with him, just as we have been seen by him that we can help see others. And, and sometimes that's going to be being seen them for a one and done kind of moment. And other times he's going to invite us to be part of that person's story for the long haul. And, um, and we need to be open. And I love that that word you used interruptible to both, yeah. um, to be, to be willing to be inconvenienced for the sake of, of loving someone else and showing the simple kindness of God. 
Yeah. Well, I've been thinking about the um, woman who's listening who feels like, but uh, but I'm the person who needs something. Like I'm mm-hmm. tired. I'm weary. I don't. I don't feel like I have anything to give financially, encouragement, like what would you say to that person who just feels like I'm, I'm too tired yeah. for anything? Um, what would you say to them in terms of this? Like, do they just, is it something where like, you got a free pass, just, just go about your life. Like, what would you say to that person who feels like this sounds like something I need to do, I need to add, and my life is already maxed? Yeah. Um, well, I would say to you that, I just want to take a breath and, and make space for your tiredness. I want to say that God sees you in your weariness. He is not waiting for you to do more for him. He wants to come and be with you right where you are. And then I want to tell you that we can use our own places of, of need and lack as opportunities to meet other people who have that same need and that same lack. So if you are discouraged today and you're like, I just wish that someone would just pour encouragement into me. Maybe all you can do is to send a text to a friend and saying, I'm struggling. And here's a verse I'm clinging to. Maybe, maybe it's for you too. Or, um, you know, I love that over and over again in scripture, God doesn't use people who have like an abundance of time and energy and resources. He uses people who don't have enough, like the, the widow in, um, you know, with, with Elijah and Elijah was like, can you make, you know, can you make me, you know, a loaf of bread? And she's like, I, I literally have a handful of flour and a few drops of oil. Like I am at the end of my rope out of her lack. God invited her into a posture of obedience and he did what only he can do. I mean, five loaves and two fish to feed a thousand, um, over and over again, you know, God took a shepherd boy to, and a small stone to slay a giant and change the trajectory of, of God's people's history. Like, and this wasn't about each of those things. It wasn't about that person and how they felt about what they have to give. It was about their willingness to give what they had and trust God with the outcome. So that's what I want to say to you. If you're like, Becky, I got nothing. Great. Come to the table with your nothing and say, God, this is all I have. I have no idea how it could possibly make make a difference. One buck, one smile, one word, one eye contact behind a mask. I trust that you have something to give because God does not discount any of us from the invitation to partner with him in kindness. Okay, if I had an extra mic, I would just be like, <laughs> mic, mic drop there. That was so, so rich um, because what you just shared is that combination of like grace that again, God is not like, I need you to do more, mm-hmm. but that I am going, I am going to do more through you and what you, what you have. And really, I think it, really starts as the heart posture of just saying like, here I am, God, like use me with what I have in where I am, fill in Mm -hmm. the cracks, fill in the empty places, fill in the 
weariness. And I know um, Becky and I are both moms of three kids and we have survived the newborn and toddler years where it is so demanding and depleting and we could feel like, God, I don't have anything more for these kids. And he's just saying, come to me and I'm going to multiply what you have. Uh, I want to end with um, the story you shared um, where you went for a walk um, in the early morning with your three kids because mm. um, as you shared that story, I felt like it showed really the simple difference of seeing someone where they're at, um, what that can make in someone's life. So if you could share that story as we close, that'd be awesome. Yeah. So this was back in the day when uh, my boys were probably, uh, yeah, three, two, and just a baby. And um, early morning walks, because I had early morning risers, and I'm like, oh my word, it's 6.30 and we've already been up for an hour and a freaking half. (laughs) I just say that like it was so brutal. And so I started this rhythm of these, of these daily walks. And I felt so, I mean, I was squishy and out of breath and I didn't want to do it, but fresh air was soul medicine and sanity. And so I would strap the two toddlers into the double stroller and I would put the baby in the Bjorn, you know, harness on my chest. And I was like, snacks and sippy cups and all the things. And I was like, at least they are contained for however long this walk can last. And I can make my feet take one more step. And so we lived not very far from like a little main street village in our, in our town. And so, and they had it wide, um, sidewalks on both sides. And that was kind of my rhythm was to, to make our way up and, um, and it went from these, you know, businesses up to a residential area on this big, long street. And I would push my way up to the top sweating and telling kids, no, you cannot get out and stop trying to grab the thorn bushes. And no, I don't have any more goldfish, you know, all the things, um, and in the midst of it, just trying to, just trying to pray, just trying to breathe and remember like, I'm okay. I don't feel okay. I'm okay. And so we're, we make it to the top and we're coming back down and, And as we're, you know, it's early morning and there's these little, um, you know, coffee shops and diners that are, are starting to wake up and, um, and we get close to one and they had outdoor seating and, um, there was this group of older gentlemen and they were spilling into the sidewalk. And so I was like, oh shoot, I don't know if we're going to be able to like squeeze by. And so I remind the, my boys, you know, hands inside the stroller, like, you know, (laughs) whatever. And I'm just like, oh, I just want to get home at this point. And so as we are approaching, um, this man stands up and I think he was just going to scoot his chair out of the way. Um, but instead he stands up and he starts applauding and he says, here comes super mom, make way for super mom. And as if on cue, this cohort of grandpas all stands up and they all start this, you know, standing ovation, make way for super mom. And I was just like, what is happening? Am I, am I in a Hallmark movie? And so they like, I don't even, I don't even say anything. I just, I just smile and and wave and, you know, the boys are loving the attention and, and we make our way by and under my sunglasses, tears start rolling down my cheeks because that spontaneous fun word of encouragement 
was like this balm to a wounded soul that they had no idea how much I was struggling in my motherhood skin, how I felt like the farthest thing from super mom. I felt like failing mom and inadequate mom. And what am I doing here, mom? And another mom could do a better job in my shoes, mom. And so, yes, it was, you know, a jovial, you know, grandpa's words to me, but really it was the kindness of God reaching into my ordinary Tuesday morning and saying, I see you, I see you. And I thought about that super mom comment for days and weeks after, and it not only made an imprint on my life, but it made me think, how can I see someone else? How can I speak a quote, random word of encouragement to a stranger? And And just that belief that you never know what's going on in their life or heart and how God is going to use that to say, I see you, you're not alone. You can keep on keeping on. Oh, that is so good. Well, I think the invitation we have today is how can we partner with God right where we are at in our little place that we have been positioned um, in this place in the earth and how do we how do we be his hands and feet his eyes how do we see people around us and so that's the invitation i am taking away today i hope that is the invitation you take away today and um, i know people are going to want to check out your words as as you were listening today i'm sure you were listening to becky as she tells her stories um, that she is an incredible writer And so I know you're going to want to pick up her book, The Simple Difference. Where can people find your book and where can they find you? Oh, thank you for asking. Um, The Simple Difference is available, Amazon, um, Barnes & Noble, all the online places where you like to buy books. And you can also look for the companion Bible study, Courageous Kindness, Live the Simple Difference uh, right where you are. And it goes even deeper into God's heart for kindness and how he invites us to partner with him. Uh, my favorite place to hang out online is Instagram. And so please come and say hi to me. I'm just at Becky Keefe. I'd love to know that you listened to this episode. I'd love to hear what resonated with you. Um, and then you can find out more about me and all the things, um, at my website, beckykeefe.com or be the simple difference.com. And that's our invitation is to be the simple difference, um, in someone's life today. So Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you, Becky. I'm going to link to all those things um, in the show notes. And I have really enjoyed our conversation. And also, I'm going to check um, out more that you guys have to offer as well on Encourage. So we'll link to all of those things. And I trust that this episode has helped you move one step closer to thriving. Can I just say thank you for listening? This space has been incredibly encouraging for me this past year. And as I am being deeply encouraged by these conversations, I trust you are as well. And I'm not going to ask you to rate the show or subscribe, but I am going to ask if while you were listening today, a friend popped into your mind and you thought, hmm, I think they could use this encouragement. Can I ask you to share this episode with them, with one person? When I listen to podcasts on my phone, there are three little dots at the bottom right and I click there to share. Also, can I say sometimes I don't share with others as I'm worried about what they'll think of me if they think I'm bugging them by sharing something, but when someone shares something with me, I am never bothered. Often it is the exact 
thing I needed to hear. So if someone popped into your mind, click those three little dots and share this encouraging conversation with them. And thank you for listening to Ready to Thrive.